Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the new update. Today I have a very interesting video for you, I think, with different topics. So stay, stay with the video. I like the topics of this video. The first one will be more metaphysical as a metaphysical aspect of things is more of my interest. Uh, so it's going to be a conversation that I had with Varro about certain metaphysical subject. And the second subject will be about, this is going to be interesting, about what they do there actually in the orbit. So it's going to be a serious explanation of some activities they are involved in. And then not so serious activities, what they do for entertainment. And it's going to be very interesting and it's going to relate to some simulation immersion games. So stay around, stay around for that. Okay, so the next subject, this was very interesting because, you know, I have a quite a metaphysical mind, even though as I recently spoke to the to one of the new Tigetan girls, well, not new, but new for me as I had never spoken to her before. And by the way, in the parentheses, it's like we are we are starting to talk to more and more of them and being introduced to more and more of them. Uh, so I'm very happy this is becoming more and more intense and very interesting. So really stick around because so much information will be given. Oh my God. So anyway, so as I was just speaking to her, her name is Eddie Dania. She was explaining to me that there, metaphysics and physics is the same thing. So we are just here in a 3D split brain that we perceive these things as separate realities, but they are basically the same thing, the same thing. So when I say it's just a metaphysical conversation, well, in a sense, it is. However, keep in mind that we will talk about physics and it's going to be metaphysics as well. By the way, sorry if I'm, if I'm, if I seem like I'm rambling. I don't feel very good today. Actually, I don't have much energy. So I hope this video will be okay. Okay. So metaphysical question. You know, I was wondering and I asked Zvaru this. Why when we wake up each day in the morning, right? We go to sleep and we wake up. Why is it that we always come back to the same body? Why do I wake up as Gosha every morning? Why, if I am the source, and in theory and in practice, from what I understand, I can be anything I desire to be, so why am I desiring to come back to Gosha and experience every single day as Gosha? So I didn't understand that. Why can't I not wake up as Susanna next door? Why do I always come back to my body? It seems like my soul is glued to the body for some reason. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. So this is the conversation I had with Svaru about this subject. I'm going to read this, but I'm going to read this in a different format. It's going to be like another, like other videos. Okay. So this is the conversation. Why is my Adma, my signal, glued to my body? For example, when I wake up, why do I always go back to the same body? Why am I following this body only and not jumping around? Because I feel myself everywhere, but I always return to Gosha. Simple. There is no body. Gosha and her body is just an idea you hold. When you no longer need that idea, when you transcend it, you will let it go. 
Okay, so why can't I change the idea and wake up as Monica in Brazil? You can. It's called death. But what if I want it now, without dying? You can and you do. But you do so from the other side, when you sleep or when you are between lives. But that's my question, Svaru. Why is it not possible here? But what if I change my decision now and want to wake up in the morning being aware in a different body, without dying and not in my sleep? Because you have decided to stay in Gosha to learn from the experience of being her. It's less than a nanosecond in time from the point of view of your true soul. You are only entertaining a thought, a simple thought called Gosha. It's not glued. It's an idea, an attachment. And if you can't do it now, you can try it, but you won't because you really don't want to. There is a lot more to you than conscious mind. The subconscious takes control so you won't just die when you are feeling depressed. So people won't just die because their boyfriend broke up with them, for example. But it feels like I keep coming back to Gosha every day because my body is still alive. Why do I need to depend on my body? And why don't I wake up in another body as someone else? Why can't we be souls floating around, waking up as someone else every morning? You want to be alive as Gosha, so you are. When you are finished, then you will move on. Let me explain it another way. When you are dead between lives, you can be and you are anyone or anything you want instantly. You are source. When you are in the afterlife, you are anything you want to be. You manifest everything immediately. You can be a squirrel for 10 minutes, a rabbit for one hour, anyone in the universe. You are them because you are source. So there are no souls as such. It's another interpretation to help us all wrap our minds around things that are nearly impossible to conceive, to explain. So you just become anyone you want to be, just because you want to be that other person. So you can be Isabel in Brazil for a while to see what it's like. And that time you are being Isabel just to know what it's like, it's called lifetime. You feel being Gosha as a long time because you are looking at things from the Gosha in Spain perspective. But from source perspective, it's less than an instant. It's a look a peep in time. You wanted to know what it's like, so you are there. It's less than a cosmic nanosecond. You are an idea, that's all. What if from the perspective of this existence, which does seem long, you want to wake up as someone else tomorrow, not be Svaru? Can you? If you really want to, then you died and reincarnated into that other person. It happens all the time. And if you want to go back to Gosha, you can. There is no time and you jump from perspective to perspective, person to person all the time. 
For now, I am attached to the idea that I am Svaru. I like being Svaru, so I go back. It's just like when you think of something you are attached to again. It's just a thought. It's like I like ice cream, then after a while I remember ice cream and want some more. You liked your creation, Gosha, so you go back to thinking, manifesting Gosha some more. Some people don't like themselves and still go back. To a level, they do like themselves enough. There is something they are attached to that keeps them going back. Not necessarily the body, the identity, but something else, like the idea of having to pay karma, something they feel they must do or experience, and so they go back. From the source point of view, there is no body to go back to. What about the silver cord? Is that why they go back? The silver cord, it's another idea, a manifestation, a reminder to go back to your body idea. But you don't need it. All they say on earth about the tunnel of light, silver cord and so on, is a set of ideas to try to understand something above their mental capability. And they do manifest it for themselves, so it's real. It's real from their point of view, yet it's only an idea. Why then no one ever just dies in their sleep, healthy? Many, many do die in their sleep, healthy. And they always attribute the death to something else, always. It's most common in the little children, babies. They say it's a heart and lung stop. In Spanish, paro cardio respiratorio. It's the best way to die. You should make up your mind to die in your sleep. But usually, when you are healthy, you can do many things, so you don't want to go yet, because you are being entertained by your life experience. But babies miss the afterlife so much that they do go often, changed their little minds. Okay, so in summary, it's some kind of attachment that makes me come back and be aware of just this tiny node of existence at a time, of Gosha. Only one node at a time, only from the perspective of an incarnated one. From source, it's all at once, simultaneously. But we are not equipped to fully understand such a concept. So there you have it. Interesting, right? Interesting. So a part of me is not ready to detach yet from the experience. That's why I keep coming back here and from the universe, from the source of, from the source point of view and perspective. It's just a nanosecond. Anyway, all highly interesting. Okay. Well, guys, let me continue now to the next topic, which is about what do you guys do there up there in the orbit? And of course, they do all kinds of things. They are people, they are dedicated to all kinds of serious tasks. We talked about this in the first video, uh, Why Are We Here?, where it was explained about them enforcing the blockade against the reptiles, etc. So this is the conversation I had with Zvaru about some of their most serious 
more serious activities. This conversation was from August, so some of these things may not be really up to date, but it still gives you an idea, an idea of what, what they are doing. So, Svaru, what do you do there? Svaru responds, most of the fleet's time here is enforcing the blockade. And a lot of time and effort is made to track all the movements of the negative forces. That means tracking and following all the spaceships coming in and out of the system and of the Earth. Also, tracking all the Federation warships and all the military movements and assessing information to predict outcomes and future events. When a negative event is predicted, and many are at the same time, we must assess which one is more important and more of a threat, depending on which equipment and forces we have. We then coordinate with our friends, the Centauri and the Antarians, to follow a suitable course of action. This happens several times a day, and it's very tiresome. Then we also have to deal with what you would call extraterrestrial politics, where racists will act to impose their own points of view on yours and do criticize your actions. <laughs> this is especially happening to Taigeta that is now coordinating all the efforts. And all that Taigeta, Centauri and Antaria do has to be evaluated every single time not to be overt yet do cause a change in the course of action. Yes, because they are trying to do all these different things to cause the change and uh, and be, in, be involved. However, this has to be done in a way that it is not suspected that it is them. Okay, so this is for all of, all of those who say, what are you doing there, Pleiadians? They are not doing anything. No one is doing anything. No one is helping. They are doing so much. Now, this is the information from August, so the number probably changed. There are almost 1,000 spaceships in Earth orbit at all times, belonging to countless races that always come and go. It's very busy up here, very different from the outer space they sell you through NASA. And we must also track the potential intrusions of enemy ships. So here I asked her, just as an example, what was the most recent course of action you took based on a predicted threat? And this is what she said. Last year, there were close to 100 small negative Draco sh ships lurking some 5 million miles away from Earth, just sitting there waiting for instructions. We stopped a fight between Russia and the US in the Black Sea two weeks ago. Also tracked and stopped war games between China and the US. We predicted an outcome and it was positive as long as we stick to that outcome and actions. And the action was to try, was to try out advanced anti-ship missiles in the Russian warships in the Black Sea. The US Navy is mechanically inferior, so it preferred to leave the scene. And the Dracos, we did not stop the Dracos. Our friends, the Alpha Dracos, threatened to pick a fight with them should they decide not to leave. So I say, oh, Zvaru, and you must deal with all this. She says, yes, I do. I don't do everything. I mostly counsel about outcomes and about everything else. 
Then, we must still deal with personal issues of the crew. It's very hard on them to be here in a ship, a steel can, in space. It is very stressful. So as you see, they are dedicated to all these serious missions and operations, some of them quite dangerous. And, you know, some other times they are just what seems peacefully floating around in their ship, although I don't think it's moving, it's, it's stationary. Here I had the conversation, short conversation, I want to quote this, with Aneka late at night, because I, I like to stay up at night. I am a night person, so I tend to stay up at night, and so does Aneka. And sometimes we, we connect at night very late. So here I asked her, what is it like there right, right now? Like, is it, what do you see? What is it like? She says, it's eternal night here. Needless to say, it's peaceful and impartial, terrorizing, a threatening void, like an eternal wolf's throat. It's not evil. It's not good. It holds no duality. It just is. It's not even a void as such. It's not empty. Space is not a vacuum. So I said, yes, Vareka, yes, Aneka, that's why I am Zvareka. This is Varu Aneka Zvareka. That's why I am so drawn to it. I am very drawn to this open void, uh, what seems void, dark spaces. The void, depth, discovery, the unknown, infinity, just the presence. And Aneka, I say, you are quite a poet. And she says, it's easy to be a poet here. All you have to do is to look out the window. You can't even start to conceive. How is it that you are just there, floating, in the middle of a great nothingness? I ask, do you enjoy it or do you get bored already? She says, oh, you never get tired of the view. I say, wow, I would give a lot to experience that. I am drawn to this. And she says, you already have. That's why you can relate to this. So we were there, you know, at some point of our existence in other incarnations, we already experienced this. So that's why we feel so drawn to this right now. What else do they do in their ships for entertainment, for example? And now this is going to be very interesting. I'm going to read this in another format, in a video format, as it is a quite a long conversation. But in summary, they have entertainment immersion games. Remember we talked about the 3D incarnation, full incarnation, total immersion experience as one of the ways for the star seeds to come in here? Well, they also use immersion for games, for games when they know fully, they, they are fully aware of playing, of playing the game. And uh, I asked Zbaru once, do you have, do you have TV series and programs? And she says, no, we don't, because this is what we have instead. We create our movies. We participate in our movies. We create the experiences and we walk into the experiences and we just live them. So we don't observe them on a the screen. We are inside. And this is quite fascinating. So um, this is, this is the video. Okay. Enjoy it. And I'm going to see you a bit later. Speaking only about the ship itself, in theory, it could go around without having a repair or maintenance about 10,000 years. They are virtually unlimited in scope. 
The only thing that limits them are their crews. They get tired, they miss home, they get bored, etc. What limits a crew is that it is psychologically very demanding to be in a ship. I know for you it sounds interesting to be on a ship, but here, outside, there is nothing, and what separates you from a horrible death is a metal wall. You end up getting tired of this can floating in space. But entertainment immersions help a lot. It is a sensory hologram projected by the computer where you go to experience a high-definition virtual world that includes visual, auditory, tactile, and gustatory stimuli indistinguishable from reality. And you know that you are playing when you are doing it? It's not like Starseed's immersions in 3D, no? Yes, of course. You know that you are playing. And how do you get out of the game? It's curious, because you can be in a simulated jungle and then the door appears. And when it's open, you can see the aisle of the ship. Or vice versa. Walk down the aisle of the ship and go by an open door of someone else and see a beach in Temer. And with the door open, other people can accompany you. Wow, so you do not even need to travel then, do you? You get into any game you want. And do you have your own body in there? And what games are most used? Yes, your body does not change, but you can simulate another. What is most used is simulators as a means of communication with our planets. The family members go into immersion there, you are also inside, and they talk, and everything is face-to-face, -face. and yes, they are real, the image and everything. I mean, you are talking to a real person there, with your mother, for example. Of course, it's a hologram, but it does help the crew a lot. Going to the beaches or to the forest to rest is also very common, but each person will create their own simulation to their preference. Svaru, you said, or the other way round, walk down the aisle of the ship and go by a door of someone else and see a beach in Temer. I did not understand this. Can you specify, please? Yes. Imagine walking inside the ship, down the hall full of technology, lights and everything. You pass through an open door in the corridor. You look at it and what you see is a forest full of chirping birds. You enter there and it is a forest. You say, close portal, and the door disappears. You are in the forest. Open portal, the door appears and you pass through it. The forest is a high-definition hologram created by someone. It can be a forest or a beach or whatever. You do not need a special room, just an AI terminal on board. The crew creates these in their private rooms. Everyone does. Or you can change from beach to forest in an instant. So why really travel anymore? If this holographic reality is so real, do you really want to travel? Because you can only simulate something you already know or imagine something you already know. You always want more understanding. But for that, You need to travel. Oh yes, that I understand. 
Isn't that just so fascinating? I think it's amazing. I think the first thing I'm going to do if I if I ever get to experience the 5D and being with them, this I'm going to I'm apart from just of course exploring the 5D world, I'm going I'm going to have to try this immersion experience. This is going to be amazing. I mean, imagine you can you can create anything. So you can create every night create spa experience, different types of spas, tropical spa, all kinds of spa and treatments and massages and it's great because it has no limits to what you can create. So just imagine. Now, this was easy. This was easy to understand, right? Now, the second part of this is going to be a bit harder to understand because she's explaining how this simulator games, the simulator immersion machine and, and a system can be connected to the holographic simulation, 3D simulation of the Earth matrix. And this is where the, the realities can start to overlap. And this is where for me personally gets to be a bit complicated. Uh, she explains that, you know, as I, as you know, we are in a 3D holographic matrix. So in a way, everything is, is, is simulated, even though the experience is real. Um, but uh, yes, you, you can connect the, 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 the game simulator on the ship to the holographic lunar 3D matrix on Earth. And this way, what you simulate there can become the reality here. It overlaps. So here's the conversation about this. Tell me in the comments what you think. I want to see you at the end of the video. Enjoy. If you connect the simulator to the computer that connects to the matrix, what will happen is that whatever is simulated here is reality on Earth. Because what happens on Earth is a computer matrix. You can connect the two. And that also explains why the Earth is in such a bad shape and so full of all kinds of madness. Because we are not the only race with holographic simulators. And this is also connected to something else still. That you are altering the matrix with your thoughts as well. For that, you need mental control so that the person who is playing could manifest the reality and for it to be in frequency according to what you are simulating. And if you do not do that, what you in the simulator are doing or achieving is only from your perspective. In other words, it is like a parallel experience. You cannot go and simulate to kill someone, because even if you live that in the simulator, when you leave, you have not affected anything. It has to be according to the temporal frequency line. And how can you know what was programmed, simulated before coming here, and which are the things that happen here more naturally, so to speak, without being simulated before? Things that happen here because we are animating them with our minds already here, from the inside. Everything there, pretty much, is simulation. The only thing that is not simulation there are all those strange things, entities, cryptozoology, ghosts, UFOs. Sometimes, the total immersion computer can be connected to the Earth matrix stamping a certain action. Worse yet, there are countless beings from other races coming and going from the Matrix, experiencing being a human or visiting there only from a simulator. This only ends up further complicating the condition of the Earth.
It gets messy from the point of view of the humans who do not know that they live in a simulated 3D artificial reality. Nature, you said, was not simulation, wasn't it? The 5D parts on Earth, yes, these are those in nature, when it is very far from urban areas, for example. The problem in this case is that people going to visit those places take the matrix with them there because they are the matrix. And what is the problem with that exactly? Does it affect nature 5D? The moment you go to those places, it's not 5D anymore. Why not? Whoever observes them changes their frequency and essence. But even if a real person goes there, Matrix people have no power to affect reality, only real people, right? It depends a lot on the mentality of a person. Logically, it is not the same if two awakened people go to nature than if any other Matrix person does. It depends on the person, because it is the person who is creating their reality. The external is only a mirror of each person. But the false people, they do not create reality, do they? No, those do not create reality. They are only components of the creation as a magazine stand or a public telephone. Creation of someone else. Just as real people create their world as a mirror of themselves, their AI also does it for entertainment, communication or training purposes. Generally speaking, the game simulators only stay on the ship without external consequences. And you create the games with your imagination and with your memories. It is not difficult. It is not computer programming. Just the AI computer on board is reading your mind, building your world little by little or fast as you want. Then saves what you already liked. It takes textures like waves and the sea on the beach from its databank, puts it in the simulation, and from there you modify it to whatever you like most. You save your creation for the later use. It's a simulation, but the experience it gives is real. You imagine a beach, and the AI computer of the ship sets it up in front of you as a hologram. And with what you see, you change what you do not like and what you do. You add things just by thinking. You see something you didn't like and you erase it. You put something else there. How? Just thinking about it with the intention and the computer takes it as instructions. You can also be thinking about what you are going to eat after the game, but the computer will not put it there on the beach. It knows how to distinguish between a thought instruction and something that you are thinking for a totally different reason. Quite fascinating, right? Quite, quite fascinating. To be honest, a little difficult for me to understand and to wrap my head around at what point it becomes, you know, it is, it is still a simulated experience from up there and when it is not, when it is animated with our mind or it is both at the same time. But I don't want to influence you with, with you know, one with my questions because maybe most of you have understood it and have understood it in your own way. 
So I'm going to just leave you with this. A lot to think about, a lot to understand. As I said, a lot more to come. Thank you so much. We are going to talk about the ascension. Also, very soon, we will talk about the 5G technology very soon also. Uh, there's so much. Right now, we are actually going through different ET races with Varu. It's going to be like a cosmic saga, the things that we are discovering. It's amazing. Also, we are going with Robert through the solar system and what happens on each planet exactly. Also, it's going to blow your mind. So stick around and I'm going to see you in the next video, of course. By the way, sign up, please, to my alternative Cosmic Agency 2 channel, just in case anything happens to this one, because there is a lot of censoring on it happening. So just remember that. Uh, the link to it will be also always in the description below the video. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being with me. Welcome all the new subscribers. Stick around and I'll see you next. I'll see you in the next program. Bye.